Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for June 27, 2022. I am your host, JD from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. We are still in Chicago, ladies and gentlemen, at least for the night. Tomorrow, I fly back home to New York City, and I will be in the real. OTS venue, and uh, we will get everything back to normal 
So again, just like I said earlier, I apologize if I don't sound the way that I usually do or I don't look the way that I usually do or if the lighting isn't what you're familiar with and all that jazz. We'll be back home tomorrow and then uh, Wednesday we will be live for AEW Dynamite and the unbelievable show that will be Blood and Guts. So that will uh, happen on Wednesday, but I thank you guys for joining me here tonight. We were live earlier for the Forbidden Door post-show uh, the day after on Off the Script. Earlier this afternoon, we had uh, 2,400 people in the venue earlier this afternoon. We got 1,500 likes right out of the gate, so I appreciate you guys waiting for my opinion on the show, and uh, you killed it. You killed it as usual for, uh, for the podcast. And looking at the numbers, man, even uh, after everybody that went live last night, we were still uh, number one amongst everybody just looking at the numbers right now kind of blowing past everybody in the community, which is exactly what I love to see. I'm a very, uh, I'm a Tony Khan guy. I'm a numbers guy. So uh, I look at all that shit. So thank you guys very much for all the uh, overwhelming support coming out of the scrum, going into the review, and then uh, again into Monday Night Raw. It's a shame. It's a shame that we have to sit and watch this show after watching such an incredible show last night and being on this incredible high for uh, AEW coming out of Forbidden Door it's amazing. It's always, it's always shocking to me. It's not shocking to me, but it's shocking to me at the same time how we get what we get last night, and then we go into a show like Monday Night Raw tonight, and it's just so, so vastly different. You know, the, the feeling is different. The vibe is different. It's just not, it's just not the same, man. The, the pro wrestling that we get on Monday is, is way, way different than what we get on AEW, and it sucks, man. It really does. It's it's painfully, it's painfully boring. It is sleep-inducing. There's nothing overly surprising about the product. They are stuck in their ways, and it's just more apparent every single time we watch an AW pay-per-view and then bleed on in to Monday Night Raw. Nothing was different tonight on Monday Night Raw. You'd think after a great show like that that they'd step up their game. No, they want to throw one-liners out there and really uh, show everybody how stupid they are, which I'll get to in a second. But Monday Night Raw tonight was built around John Cena. John Cena's 20th uh, anniversary, 20th birthday, if you guys want to, you know, uh, call it whatever you want, 20th uh, anniversary of John Cena in WWE. You know, I was a John Cena hater for a very long time. I actually stopped watching WWE back when he was in the beginning stages of his, uh, of his run, the, the reign of terror that John Cena was on. It was always John Cena. John Cena this, John Cena that. I, I couldn't watch it. You know, I, I vehemently just hated the era of babyface Hulk Hogan. And WWE was pretty much reproducing that in John Cena. And I'm not with that. I'm not. I hate when the company or a company gets behind a babyface and shoves that babyface so far down your throat that they try and force you to like him. It works always in the opposite way. It's worked with me every single babyface that WWE has tried to give us outside of The Rock and outside of Stone Cold Steve Austin, which... You know, they're on another uh, another level as far as baby faces are concerned. But it happened with Hogan. It happened with John Cena. It even happened with Shawn Michaels. I hated Shawn Michaels as a baby face. I, I could not stand. I loved him. I appreciated what he did, and he was a great pro wrestler. To me, he's number one of all time. That's that's my favorite. Him and him and Taker. But I can't sit here and tell you that I enjoyed Shawn Michaels as a baby face coming out of his heel run as the heartbreak kid. Come on. I mean, there's no there's no comparison. It's night and day. So every time, and then obviously, you know, you know what happened with Roman Reigns. 
So, the, the, I mean, that's self-explanatory. I don't need to get into that spiel. That was, that was the fucking worst ever. I mean, you, you talk about taking the plunger and shoving it down your throat. Jesus fucking Christ, man. That was the worst ever. By far worse than anything John Cena and anything Hulk Hogan did. It, it just felt like it was never going to end and they were never going to stop. And thank, thank God he went away for a little bit. Thank God he's all right and went away. Came back stronger than ever. And now he's a, a monster heel doing the best work of his life. He's not there now. Does what he wants. But that's another story for a different day. Baby faces in WWE, they don't do jack shit for me. I hated John Cena. I grew to appreciate John Cena. I grew to see the type of person John Cena is. Over 650 make-a-wish. John Cena doing what he does for the communities that he's in and around. John Cena just a humble, loyal, dedicated human being. He's just somebody that emits good person. And that resonates through the screen. If you tell me John Cena is the greatest of all time, and I don't want to hear any John Cena hate in this chat, hologram or the chats in here, you, you, you blast John Cena in this chat, you get him the fuck out. You get him out. I don't even want him here. John Cena, if you told me John Cena was the greatest of all time, I would not combat you. I would not argue with you. I would not counter your opinion on that. Normally, I would. If you tell me John Cena is the greatest of all time, there's absolutely nothing for me to say. That is your opinion, and it's a great opinion, and I'm not going sit, to sit there or stand there and combat you on that. He is legitimately one of the best of all time. You want to put him on Mount Rushmore? I think that is absolutely okay in my book. I don't know who's on the Mount Rushmore. It's a very subjective topic, but if John Cena's up there for you, I mean, that's, that's self-explanatory. You, you, you know what he meant to the company and still means to the company, and I know what he means to the company. To me, he's still the number one baby face. He still is the face of WWE's John Cena. Why he's back, we didn't really get a, a, a feel of why he was back tonight. We didn't. He came, he talked to the crowd for a little bit in Laredo, Texas, it was more of the same pandering to the now, then, now, and forever together bullshit slogan that WWE puts out at the end of the, uh, or the, uh, the beginning, rather, of the show. It's then, now, forever, together. And that's the basis of John Cena's promo tonight. He didn't really start a feud in the promo that he cut. He kept it very plain, very cut and paste, very dry. Typical John Cena talking about unity and how much the fans mean to him and how much the fans mean to the WWE. If you don't like something, raise your voice and raise concerns. If you like something, raise your voice and raise concerns. That's what we do here. That's what we do here. People hate me for it, but I don't give a shit. And John Cena then, then alluded that we don't know, or he doesn't know, rather, when we'll see him again. And he left us with a bunch of I don't knows. So we don't know when he's going to be back in the ring. And I think... It's pretty safe to say he's going to be wrestling at SummerSlam because WWE needs to sell out Nissan Stadium at SummerSlam <laughs> for SummerSlam, and they need to sell out that stadium. Otherwise, uh, they're going to look like a, a complete uh, mishap fucking uh, handicap human beings for SummerSlam because it's ridiculous that they're even running a stadium with the current product that they're putting on. Uh, I, I don't know how they think that they're bigger than they are, and I'll get to that a little bit later as well. Because it's fucking ridiculous how they're handling the SummerSlam build. And I do not see anybody talking about it. But I'm going to be the fucking first one waving that fucking pitchfork, man. I'm going to go to war for everybody. It's awful. The SummerSlam build is a fucking joke. If there is any time ever where I mentioned the word SummerSlam, it is this year 
and it means a whole lot more after what I'm about to tell you. I might as well get into it now. I might as well get into it now. WWE has John Cena, obviously pandering to the crowd. They're going to be building him a match for SummerSlam. They've already uh, announced Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. They announced tonight that Miz and Logan Paul will be at SummerSlam. In what way? I don't know. Tag team, tag team match potentially, one-on-one potentially. I don't know. Becky Lynch is more than likely going to be going up against Bianca Belair. It is basically, SummerSlam is basically a night three of WrestleMania. That's exactly what they're doing with SummerSlam. It is unofficially night three of WrestleMania. That's exactly what it is. And they're disguising it as SummerSlam. Pat McAfee's got a match. That's another one. Pat McAfee and Baron Corbin, right? It's the same blue. It is literally the same blueprint as WrestleMania, night one and night two. They're doing the unofficial WrestleMania night three and disguising it as SummerSlam. That's what they're doing because they need to fill out Nissan Stadium, and they are so absolutely bankrupt as far as creative ideas that they are basically using everything they did at WrestleMania again because this is the stadium show that they need to sell out because it's their second biggest event of the year, and they don't have enough creative backing them to come up with fresh, new, innovative ideas to sell out this stadium. They're going to go with what they know, and it's awful. And nobody seems to be picking up on this, but, I mean, that's what sets me apart and everybody else apart from the community. They, don't, they won't attack it. They won't admit it. They won't say anything to their fucking audience because they're a bunch of fucking cocksuckers. Meanwhile, I'm over here telling you guys exactly what you're watching. You're watching WrestleMania Night 3 disguised as SummerSlam. And it's fucking terrible. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for them. SummerSlam used to be such a great event, a pivotal event in the WWE calendar year, and this is what you're getting. You're getting a rehash of WrestleMania Night 1. And night two mixed together. Night three. It's awful. It is absolutely awful. John Cena will be there. John Cena really didn't do much of anything on Monday Night Raw. Again, he pandered to the then, now, forever, together bullshit. So he was in and had a couple of cameos backstage with the Street Profits and Seth Rollins and Domas. I don't have the soundboard with me because it's at home. But uh, we'll get back to that uh, next week. And John Cena is pretty much going to be setting up a feud with Austin Theory because they... Had an interaction tonight, and uh, that planted seeds for what is to come for John Cena and Austin Theory at SummerSlam. As soon as Austin Theory gets by Bobby Lashley at Money in the Bank. So that was the whole show. whole show was built around John Cena tonight. The other big thing about tonight's show was the Money in the Bank last chance qualifying matches. Now, the men and women had qualifying matches. The men had a battle royal, and the women had an elimination match at the end of the show it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. The last couple of minutes or so right before the show ended were pretty decent with Doe Drop and Becky Lynch, and then Doe Drop actually looking pretty decent in that match, eliminating a couple of the women there. But it was overly very predictable. Overly very predictable. Matt Riddle wins the men's battle royal. Becky Lynch wins the women's six-way eliminator match, and both Matt Riddle and Becky Lynch qualify for a money in the bank ladder match spot. So the women are all taken care of, I believe. The men, they have one more uh, slot open. Whoever that goes to, I don't know. So I guess we'll find out on Friday night. But WWE, we said this last week, typical that they do this last chance battle royal. Usually they take all the losers and put everybody in a match together, and then uh, they come up with one final guy and one final woman to go to Money in the Bank. This time they did a battle royal and an eliminator match for the women. So... That's how they took care of the go-home show there to get us closer to filling out the field for money in the bank. Street Profits and the Usos continuing their feud. It sucks. 
exactly what I said it was going to be. Last week, Jay Uso versus Montez Ford. Last week, we got Jimmy versus uh, Angelo Dawkins. It's, it's awful. The tag team division is a fucking joke in WWE, especially after what you watched and heard from FTR and FTR holding out three major tag team championships in this great sport of professional wrestling. It's a fucking joke looking at how WWE handles the tag team titles in their tag team division in the company. And then AEW superstars. This was the other big story, big talking point tonight. AEW superstars were on Monday Night Raw via cameo appearances. Uh, I guess they filmed shit on their on their mobile device and they sent it to uh, WWE. We had Brian Danielson, obviously Daniel Bryan in WWE's realm, The Big Show, Chris Jericho, all current AEW stars. Big Show, Paul White, more of a managerial backstage presence. Brian, an on uh, an on TV. Uh, star, on-screen star, regularly. And Chris Jericho, obviously, one of the faces of the company, still there regularly on TV every week. They sent in cameos, and they said some pretty nice things about John Cena. And this was all approved, apparently. We'll go over the report. uh, All approved by Tony Khan. So for everybody claiming that Tony Khan is this evil man, and Tony Khan is uh, such a scumbag, and he's a mark, and all this other shit... WWE approached, I'm assuming Stephanie McMahon approached or whoever uh, approached Tony Khan and AEW and asked politely, can we get our former WWE superstars to do this thing about John Cena? We really want to, you know, put this beautiful video package together for John Cena. I think it would really enhance hearing from Chris Jericho and and Brian Danielson and and Paul White over over in AEW to, you know, come on in and, and do these video packages for John Cena, being that, you know, all, all of them at one point or another had great matches with John Cena, you know? Did they ask CM Punk? I don't know. CM Punk wasn't one of these, one of these uh, cameo appearances on Monday Night Raw. And, and coincidentally, John Cena and CM Punk, you know, again, one of the best matches in WWE history at Money in the Bank when he walked out with the title. And John Cena, to me, his greatest rival is CM Punk. So the fact that you don't have CM Punk on the show because you want to be petty and hold this fucking cloud over him for whatever the fuck he did not include him in that. Meanwhile, he's John Cena's greatest rival of all time, in my honest opinion. It's him and then Edge. Kind of ridiculous. Kind of ridiculous. But they did reach out to Tony Khan, and Tony Khan said, sure. Sure. Go ahead. You have my blessing. So all this evil bullshit, right, about Tony Khan, he's a mark, and all this other fucking AEW versus WWE shit. TK himself said, sure, you could use my talent. And probably didn't ask anything in return. So that was Monday Night Raw. We're going to go over everything, break everything down. And again, I appreciate you guys joining me on this Monday nights, wherever you may be. Thank you, Chicago, for your hospitality. Thank you for showing up to the meet and greet yesterday at the Ogden. Thank you for Forbidden Door. Awesome. You guys killed it. Absolutely loud from beginning to end for Forbidden Door inside the United Center. Thank you for showing up to the stream earlier. Chicago is always a great city. And I had a blast here. But I can't wait to get back home and then get my rest and give you guys the content that you need this week. So go check out the Forbidden Door post show if you guys missed it. It's live on the channel right now. Go and check it out. Follow me on social media as well, at JD from NY206. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for all notifications, man. We just hit 134,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you guys very much for all of your support. Hit that join button, man. Become an OTS VIP right here in the venue, man. 
Hit that join button. We had six earlier in the day. I would love to cap that off tonight with another six more. So if you guys have not joined the VIP room, and believe me, you're going to want to when you see the VIP club in the new beer garden and the concept for the actual VIP room that I got going on right now, which I'm not going to get done until at a later date, you're going to want to be a part of the VIP club, man. So make sure you guys hit that join button and become an OTS channel member right here on Off The Script. Get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Uh, I appreciate all that you guys have done for me this weekend as far as the super chats are concerned. And uh, I'm exhausted, man. I'm exhausted. All I want is a bed and a pillow. A nice air-conditioned room. That's all I want. Monday Night Raw did not help me. Go get your t-shirt at bonfire.com, the exclusive home of Off The Scripts. We got partnered with Cameo. So make sure you guys go and check out Cameo as well. That is down in the description below. So go check that out. Also, go check out my sponsor for today's show, Audible, audibletrial.com slash off the scripts. Make sure you guys go and check out everything they got out on Audible, including John Moxley's new book, audibletrial.com slash off the script. You guys can get that for free when you use our link. Nine hours of John Moxley, man. He even makes fun of Kevin Dunn in that book. <laughs> you know? I heard it's good. And some of you guys actually tweeted me that you ordered the book as well. So, good shit. Audibletrial.com slash off the scripts. And uh, another note, man, I'll be live on Wednesday. So, make sure you guys RSVP into the venue. It's going to be a great night with blood and guts, man. Lots to talk about on Wednesday, I'm sure. And as soon as I get back home, I'm going to start working on some extras for you guys as well because there's a lot of news coming out of uh, Forbidden Door and the Scrum and obviously tonight with WWE and Monday Night Raw and then going into Vegas for Money in the Bank. So I will be uh, back to work as soon as I get home tomorrow and I appreciate you guys very much for all of your support. Let's get into Monday Night Raw, man. Let's start at the top. We got the Battle Royal that's opened the show. I hate Battle Royals. I, I can't stand Battle Royals, man. This was a last chance Money in the Bank qualifying Battle Royal. This went nearly 20 minutes. It wasn't as hideous as I expected it to be, and it wasn't that bad at all. Um, I did have a problem with the ending, though. Not to say that I had a problem with Matt Riddle winning it, but I have a problem with how WWE is treating AJ Styles, and we'll get into that in a second. Riddle won this Money in the Bank qualifying battle royal. Great. Fine. We had a bunch of everybody in there. Veer Mahan was in there, eliminated Akira Tozawa, Shelton Benjamin, right off the bat. Mustafa Ali uh, was working over Veer Mahan, so Ray and Dominic gave him a 619, and all three, and, and those three eliminated him. So, Veer, I don't know why Veer was in there. You want to build Veer up as a monster, and then you want to put him in a battle royal and then have him get eliminated. Yes, he was eliminated by three guys, but I don't think Veer should be in a battle royal getting eliminated for something like this. If you wanted to have Veer come off as a dominant individual on the show, then why not keep him dominant and not have him look weak getting eliminated? It doesn't matter if he got eliminated by one, two, three, four, five guys. He got eliminated. So he's a loser at the end of the day. So we got Shanky dancing. I, I don't know. I don't understand what this, this, this Shanky gimmick is. It's fucking so hideous. I, I don't have the words in my vocabulary to give you guys about how much I loathe this gimmick, it is awful. It is basically it is basically Jinder Mahal 
and Shanky splitting up, and they gave Shanky the uh, great Kali dancing gimmick. He's a dancing fool. It's awful. Jinder Mahal eliminated Shanky. Thank God. Styles eliminated Mahal. T-Bar, still going by T-Bar. WWE's even too lazy to give this guy his old name back and make him a monster on the show because God forbid they could fucking use new talent. They don't give a shit. Uh, He eliminated Reggie by launching him over the ropes and onto everybody that was previously eliminated. Champa, he eliminated Mustafa Ali. Styles eliminated Champa after shoving him into the ring post. Dominic tried to clothesline Dolph Ziggler out of the ring, but Ziggler held on while Dominic fell out of the ring for an elimination by Dolph. Rey Mysterio almost eliminated The Miz, but Miz and Ziggler teamed to eliminate Rey. T-Bar shoved uh, Ricochet off the apron, or at least tried to, but Ricochet landed on a ladder. He jumped from the apron to a ladder. They stared at each other, and then uh, Ricochet leapt back onto the apron and used a Hurricane Rana on T-Bar to throw him off the apron and eliminate him out of the Battle Royal. Nakamura eliminated Ziggler by kicking him off the top rope as he was going for a high-risk move. Uh, Miz, at this point, rolled out of the ring with uh, an apparent leg injury, and uh, I'll get to him in a second. So he was taken out of the match. I had thought he got eliminated. So I don't know what was going on. I was in my, I was in my phone, or I had uh, walked away to go set up the stream, during this, all of a sudden, I see The Miz on the outside. I'm like, ah, oh, he's eliminated. Goodbye. We don't want him in the money in the bank anyway. So Miz is outside. Riddle used a Pele kick on Nakamura, and that was an elimination for Matt Riddle. Styles eliminated Ricochet. He got flown over the top rope. Riddle and Styles were the last two in the Battle Royal until The Miz faked this leg injury, saw AJ Styles going for the phenomenal forearm, pulled him off the apron, and eliminated AJ Styles, and now it's down to The Miz and Matt Riddle to qualify for Money in the Bank. Riddle gave Miz a draping DT, but Miz blocked an RKO, hit the skull-crushing finale. Riddle gave Miz an RKO on the ring apron, and Miz fell out of the ring for the elimination. Riddle qualifies for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Crowd is very happy. I love Matt Riddle. I think Matt Riddle's great. And uh, I'm very happy for his success. He is one of those guys that I really took to when he was in NXT. I'm glad to see him getting the run that he's getting on the main roster. We're we're big Matt Riddle uh, stands over here in the OTS venue. Great. I can't wait to see when Randy Orton comes back, what they're going to do there. And I hope it propels Matt Riddle even higher than where he is right now because it's a great thing to see. It rarely happens in WWE this organically, and we're seeing with Matt Riddle. I had, and I was about to shut my comments off on Twitter because I, I, I just can't stand wrestling fans. I think wrestling fans are the dumbest fucking human beings walking God's green earth. You are a bunch of fucking idiots on Twitter, man. Not you guys here, but Twitter and the wrestling community are a bunch of fucking idiots. I had so many people reach out to me claiming, well, I don't know why you would think AJ Styles was winning this match over Matt Riddle. <laughs> First of all, I never said I didn't think Matt Riddle was winning the match. And I never said that AJ Styles was going to win the match. I said AJ, and what I, what I had meant by that is AJ has been buried by WWE. I don't know why. You would think that WWE has AJ Styles in their possession and they are treating him like shit. They are booking AJ Styles out of the money in the bank ladder match for a feud with the fucking Miz. How long this Miz feud lasts, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Imagine having a Money in the Bank ladder match 
and not including your best talent. Imagine having a Money in the Bank ladder match and Omos is in the Money in the Bank ladder match, but AJ Styles is not. That's my problem. I have no problem with Riddle being in there. In fact, I know Riddle's going to go to Money in the Bank because they need a great heel and babyface dynamic, and he plays perfectly and adds that to Seth Rollins, who will win Money in the Bank, and it's going to come down to those two, and then they will probably get a match at SummerSlam. That's my prediction with that. It's going to come down to Riddle and Seth Rollins, and that's a great heel and babyface dynamic in Rollins to... Add to his big heel victory, he's going to go over the huge baby face in Matt Riddle. It makes sense. I get it. But that doesn't mean AJ Styles needs to be left out of the match. That doesn't mean AJ Styles got to get shit on. You have Omos in the Money in the Bank ladder match, and you mean to tell me that you would rather see Omos in the Money in the Bank ladder match than fucking AJ Styles, one of the best pro wrestlers on the planet? You know, it's amazing to me how everybody is starting to see how great Will Ospreay is for New Japan. He killed it with Orange Cassidy at Forbidden Door. Killed it. Match of the year. Some people calling it match of the fucking night. Potential match of the year candidate between Will Ospreay and Orange Cassidy. Do you realize that they have somebody who is on equal level or, or, or greater than Will Ospreay and AJ Styles? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Imagine that. WWE has their own Will Ospreay on their roster, and he's feuding with the fucking Miz. That is a damn fucking shame. It's awful. It is embarrassing. Now, I don't know. Some people were telling me, well, AJ Styles doesn't want a top spot in WWE. That doesn't mean AJ Styles wants to be a loser. Maybe he wants a lighter schedule. Maybe he doesn't want the, uh, the, the, this, this type of match to bang himself up and injure himself. But... The fact that WWE has this guy for another three, four years, and this is what they're doing with him, that's an excuse by these people who don't know any better. Start writing for him and giving him something that we can all sink, his, sink our teeth into regarding him because having somebody like that on their roster just wither away and waste away, that is a fucking, that, that's, that's injustice. It's a crime. It's inexcusable. It's creative bankruptcy. AJ Styles should be at the forefront of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Also, Ricochet is another one. Ricochet is another one. Can't give this guy a fucking bone, right? This match is tailor-made for somebody like Ricochet. He got fucking absolutely slayed by Gunther on Friday night, two weeks in a row, and you can't put him in the Money in the Bank ladder match when this match is tailor-made for somebody like that, and he's going to give you his everything to make sure that match is fucking remembered the next day. Even Ricochet can't even get in, but Omos is in. 
because he's seven foot three and he's and he's fucking uh, big and giant and he's the fucking Nigerian giant and doesn't need a ladder to uh, get the briefcase. Bullshit. Bullshit. I typically don't like Battle Royals. This was fine. I hate the Miz and AJ Styles shit. I think it's a waste of fucking time. I think Matt Riddle winning is fine. I think Matt Riddle winning makes sense. Clearly, what I just told you about him and Seth Rollins potentially being the final two. I could see it right now. Both of them on the ladder uh, fighting for the briefcase, and then Seth Rollins screws him out and wins. But that doesn't mean AJ Styles needs to be left out and left unimportant on Monday Night Raw. That shit sucks. Moving on. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. This was supposed to be a qualifying match for the Money in the Bank. So I don't know if this match is taking place on Friday, or I don't know if it's going to be rescheduled and not have it be a Money in the Bank, but Kevin Owens is not going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match either. Again, a crime. Kevin Owens has given you his best in every situation that you put him in, and you can't even bother to put Kevin Owens in the Money in the Bank, but Omos is in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So you took away a Money in the Bank qualifying match for Kevin Owens to leave him off the Money in the Bank card because you want to continue this fucking feud with Elias slash Ezekiel. Ridiculous. When it's going to be rescheduled, I don't know. Cena was in the back. He was talking to the Street Profits. They basically asked him for advice for taking on the Usos, who they have not been able to beat outside of a countout win. The countout win got them the tag team title match at Money in the Bank. So what difference does it fucking make if you can't beat the Usos outside of a countdown? I'm, I'm listening to this shit. I'm listening to this shit, and I'm mind-boggling fucking just blown away how this type of shit makes it into the script. They are complaining to John Cena that they can't beat the Usos outside of a count-out win. The count-out win got them the tag team title match at Money in the Bank. Who gives a shit if you can't beat them outside of the countout win? You beat them when it matters. Do it again on Saturday, which I know you won't. They noted that they only won by countout to qualify and never have broken through against the bloodline. Cena gave them a pep talk and told them to never give up. He says they have energy, more energy than anyone he's ever seen. We saw sound bites of Cena. Or on Cena, Soundbites on Cena, aired by Shawn Michaels, The Big Show, Booker T, Daniel Bryan, (laughs) Bryan Danielson. For the smart people out there, Trish Stratus and Triple H. Bryan got some airtime here and thanked him for being an excellent leader and a giving human being. Now, a lot of people were uh, going crazy over the fact that uh, we had a forbidden door of sorts on WWE, and this was all because of John Cena. And this is coming from Fightful Select. There were several backstage, uh, including the names that I just mentioned, and apparently, uh, according to Fightful Select, all of these names, all of these names, WWE reached out for these names because they wanted to put this video package together, and WWE reached out to AEW and reached out to Tony Khan asking for permission of these names to be on the show, and Tony Khan granted them uh, to use Chris Jericho, Big Show, and Brian Danielson in this video package or these video packages for John Cena without any hesitation. He said yes. 
There was no combative arguments between WWE and Tony Khan. They asked, and they seemed pretty recent. They seemed, as of this weekend, recent. So, WWE asked. Tony Khan obliged. He said yes, sure. God bless you, you know, and uh, go do what you got to do. And he asked for nothing in return. So, for all the vilified fucking, you know, situations where the IWC just completely shits on Tony Khan, uh, which is the regular after these fucking post-show scrums, it seems like. Now, the big thing is how he hugs Cesaro. You see that? How Tony Khan hugs Cesaro during the post-show media scrum. I was sitting right there. I was sitting right there while it happened. I didn't even blink a fucking eye. I didn't take a picture of it. I didn't make a gif of it. You know, these people are fucking ridiculous, man. You know, Tony Khan, and, and this is all I'll say about this. Tony Khan is sitting there next to Claudio, and he thanked the fucking man for coming in and saving his show because Brian Danielson, who Claudio knows very well, was injured, and this was a major match, a major attraction match on the show. He came in and saved this particular instance for Tony Khan and AEW, and he wanted to show him gratitude. Everybody should want a fucking boss like that who's going to go above and beyond. to get. I, I've worked places where I never got one single fucking compliment. Can you imagine how you feel working and you get no praise, no compliments, no respect from anybody? Tony Khan, to these people, to these idiots, comes off as a mark, right? And they're comparing him to Vince and the way Vince does business. Oh, I'm sorry. Tony Khan, I don't know if he's married or not, didn't go out there and pay $3 million to go fucking keep somebody quiet while he cheated on his wife. And it's not the only time it happened. Tony Khan doesn't have executives where he was cheating on his wife and he took this person he was cheating on, cheating on his wife with and he, and he shooed her away if she was a toy like John Laurinaitis did, right? Like he did to John Laurinaitis. All this other shit, Tony Khan is such an evil man because he hugs Cesaro for thanking him and saving his match at Forbidden Door. Ridiculous. All the fucking situations where he gets vilified, man, it's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. So Tony Khan said yes, and that's the report coming out of Fightful there for all of the usage of AEW talent or the uh, the handful of AEW talent that was used on Monday Night Raw for this John Cena video package slash 20th birthday celebration. Kevin Patrick interviewed Riddle, who was very excited. He says he never gives up. He said he's going to Vegas for money in the bank. He thanked Randy Orton and dedicated... Not only this match, but Money in the Bank to his good bro, Randy Orton. So he was very excited about it, about going to Las Vegas, where I believe he calls home, and he will be at Money in the Bank in the men's ladder match. Montez Ford. He went one-on-one with Jay Uso. Fucking laughable, man. We called this last week. We said, you know, after Angelo Dawkins and Jimmy Uso, I guarantee you that next week it's going to be Jay Uso and Montez Ford. Because that's exactly what Bruce Pritchard does, man. If I, if I heard that Bruce Pritchard was writing a book, I probably know exactly how he was going to fucking write his own book, man. It is so fucking predictable. Everything Bruce Pritchard does, everything WWE, everything Vince McMahon does, as far as creative goes, is so fucking predictable, man. It is so awful. I said it on social media. We're watching FTR last night when the IWGP Tag Team Championships. I'm asking a fucking awesome question to FTR, both Dax and Cash, and I appreciate them for their honesty. Their fucking love for professional wrestling just emanated in that post-show scrum, man. It's a beautiful thing to see. We're watching these two guys own tag team wrestling right now. 
We're watching these guys just emit this love for tag team wrestling and love for professional wrestling. And here we are on Monday, and WWE can't even be bothered to give us legit tag team wrestling on Monday night. They so much as went out there and did exactly the opposite. Instead of celebrating tag team wrestling, WWE had Corey Graves go out there and claim that the Monday Night Raw and SmackDown tag team titles are the only titles that actually matter in all of the sport. You mean to tell me that WWE had Corey Graves go out there and say that? They, they whispered that in his headset, and he had to be paid to say that. He's paid to say bullshit like that, which I'm assuming if I'm a, a Corey Graves fucking fan that I am, I'm assuming that he didn't, he didn't say that on his own. That's not something he said on his own. That's something that he was fed in the headset. And to me, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. And it goes to show you that WWE did watch what happened at Forbidden Door and, and is in the know about what FDR is doing. And every time something is great, when it comes to someone that they've previously employed, or in this case, FTR, when, when anything great happens to an ex-employee on the other side, on the other side of the fence, WWE is always looking to cut that person or that team down. And it's sad. WWE made a mockery of tag team wrestling tonight. They always do. Every single week, they make a mockery of tag team wrestling. Meanwhile, last night, we celebrated tag team wrestling. Polar opposites. Polar opposites. It's sad. These one-on-one matches got to end. This isn't tag team wrestling. Nobody wants to see a mixture of fucking uh, combinations here between uh, champion and challenger leading up to the pay-per-view. So... The champions lose by countout, which gives the Street Profits the tag team title match anyway. So this tag team title match was made and confirmed about four weeks ago. And the next four weeks that followed, we got every combination possible in singles matches between Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, Jimmy Uso, and Jay Uso. And yet nobody bats an eyelash. Nobody says anything. Nobody complains. They just accept it, bend over willingly, and take it up the fucking ass. It's disgusting. WWE has made a mockery of tag team wrestling. They have so many potential great tag teams that this is their their vision for tag team wrestling. Singles matches. They got Alpha Academy Wrestling, Bobby Lashley in a fucking handicap match. They got some pretty decent fucking groups in Judgment Day. Damian Priest and Finn Balor could be a, a makeshift team. They're in a stable. You put them in a stable. They could be a tag team, right? You paired them together. They could be a stable. You got the Brawling Brutes. You got Sheamus. You got Butch. You got Rich Holland. They could meet. They could be a, a great tag team, a great threesome, right? They could use the Freebird rule if you want. WWE doesn't use them. Alpha Academy is so fucking good. I don't know what has happened to them. They've fallen off the fucking map. I don't know what they're doing. Viking Raiders are just brought back to television now. You got the New Day, right? You got Los Lotharios who need a, a, a bigger edge to them or, or a harder edge to them instead of this fucking cringe bullshit that they do. Kiss cam, whatever the fuck they got going on. It's fucking bullshit. I hate, I hate WWE. I, I really do. I love them. They have so much potential to be great, but I fuck, I can't stand them. I can't stand them. I really, I really can't stand them. They have a great tag team division. If you boil it down and you look at who's on that fucking roster, they could have a great tag team division and have great matches. And they refuse to. This is the direction that they opt to go in. Montez Ford wins in nine minutes. Ford with a standing blockbuster. Jimmy got distracted, or Jimmy was uh, the one distracting Ford, I should say, when he was on the top rope. Dawkins was on the outside. He checked Jimmy, 
into the barricade, I believe, or at least uh, uh, in vicinity of the barricade. He shoulder tackled him outside. So Jay dove through the ropes onto Dawkins, and then Ford dove through the ropes onto Jay with a unbelievable uh, suicida through the ropes. Ford then threw Jay back in the ring. He goes up top. He landed a top rope frog splash, and they really sold this shit um, on commentary, claiming that Montez almost touched the briefcases when he jumped off the top rope. I, I, I mean, I, I hear it every week. I'm tired of it. Yes, we know he jumps high, just like Riddle likes to smoke weed. I get it, right? High for a different reason is Montez Ford. But Montez Ford gets the victory, and uh, we're going into this Money in the Bank pay-per-view with this tag team title match happening. Normally, I'd love to see... The, I, I guarantee these two teams are going to have a great match. It, it is impossible for the Usos to work with a team like the Street Profits and have a bad match. But the thing is, we've seen a combination of this shit for the last five or six weeks. Why would I care about the match going into the pay-per-view when we've already seen these men wrestle for the last five weeks? Nothing is special anymore, and I can't stand it. WWE seriously needs to change the way they work their tag team division because it's, it's, it's something that has a lot of potential, and WWE doesn't see it. We see it, but they don't see it. Backstage, the Mysterios. They were with Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Judgment Day. Finn Balor and Damian Priest walked up to them. Balor said, everyone is forgetting that Ray's 20-year anniversary is coming up as well. He said he's loved and respected in the business. Priest said their door is always open to join Judgment Day, especially people who are tired of being told the same thing over and over again. Well, you know what, Priest? I'm tired of seeing the same shit over and over and over again. Every week. Bala said maybe it's not bad luck that Dominic has. Maybe it's a bad dad or a bad father. Dominic held Ray back. Ray was angry. Ray says, I'll show you guys how bad of a dad I am next week in San Diego. So they're booking Ray Mysterio in his hometown of San Diego with Dominic. And they're teasing Dominic joining Judgment Day. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. I can't wait, man. You kick out Edge and then you want to enlist Dominic Mysterio in Judgment Day. Are you fucking serious? This Judgment Day shit is garbage. Soon as they kicked Edge out and made Balor the leader, this shit was dead in the water. They put them on the main event show. They put them on the Hulu show that nobody fucking watches. I love how people, this is another thing I love. I love how people claim that Cesaro is going to be on Dark and how Keith Lee and Swerve and everybody else, they come on into WWE. Oh, they're going to be on Dark in three weeks. Meanwhile, these guys, these guys, they kicked out Edge, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? And right after they kicked out Edge, they were put on their dark show on Hulu to wrestle Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. But in typical IWC fashion, you didn't hear a fucking peep out of these people. No, but it's all right when WWE does it. But when AEW does it, oh my God, it's such a terrible thing that Keith Lee and Swerve and everybody else works dark elevation. Keep that same energy floating between both shows, you fucking bitch. Seriously. Can't say one about the other. You can't say one and then not say anything about the other. Can't do that. But they do it anyway. This Judgment Day shit is dead. They feel already. As soon as they kicked out Edge, man, it was over. They already feel like they are just another group of guys on a show that has nothing special about it whatsoever. They are just there. They are as irrelevant as they were before. 
Judgment Day was even a thing. The original inception of Judgment Day wasn't even that special. You think that what they're doing now is special? This shit reeks of no ideas, no plans, and just being there because they have a roster problem and they need bodies on the show. That's all this speaks to me as, and it's already a failure. Rhea Ripley's out. Nobody knows when she's returning. So they may be looking for other members to fill that spot until Rhea Ripley gets back. This shit sucks. It's going nowhere. It was never going anywhere. I'm sorry to tell you, Damian Priest had it good when he was with Edge. Now he's right back to where he was before Edge enlisted him. And I'm sorry to say that. Honestly, this shit is awful. Going into hour two here, Kevin Patrick interviewed The Miz, middle of the ring. Miz made his ring entrance. Patrick asked The Miz about Logan Paul training for his WWE return. Oh, great. Now, Logan Paul was one of the best things about WrestleMania, to be quite honest with you. He actually did pretty good. He actually did very good. And I was shocked at how good he was. So, WWE's bringing back Logan Paul for another major event because they have Nissan Stadium to sell out and they can't do it with their own roster because they don't want to be blamed for the fucking non-sellout they have by only using WWE talent. They got to go out there and bring John Cena back. They got to go out there and get Brock Lesnar back. They got to go out there and get Pat McAfee. They got to go out there and get Logan Paul back. WWE is right now in the worst creative state that I've ever seen them in. They have a terrible roster problem right now. And it's not because the talent isn't there or the roster isn't talented. They just suck at building new stars and building compelling storylines and building compelling characters on their show. It is genuinely fucking terrible. So they showed video of Logan Paul and Patrick asked what his relationship is with Logan Paul. They showed Miz attacking Logan at WrestleMania after their win over the Mysterios. Saxton said Miz didn't like sharing the spotlight with Logan. That's why he attacked him. So Miz smiled and Miz asked Patrick, is this you being a journalist? Just like how Nick Houseman asked about abortion rights to Tony Khan. I wanted to say that to Nick Houseman at the post-show scrum on Sunday. Nick, is this you being a journalist or is this you being a fucking idiot? Is this you being a journalist, Miz says. So Miz said on Friday, he'll be on the Today Show He says he's a celebrity. He said he has a reality show and he's a reality TV superstar. Miz says he told Logan Paul afterwards that, you know, what he did to him at WrestleMania was a teaching moment and Logan accepted that. He said one day they will become WWE Tag Team Champions. Miz pivoted and said that AJ Styles' career is also on the same downward spiral. Patrick brought up Styles saying Miz has tiny balls. Miz interrupted and said that's not becoming a thing. And he talked about how stupendously huge his balls are. Styles came out and Styles entered the ring and he took The Miz out. So this leads to a match with AJ Styles and The Miz. So we have, we have The Miz and Logan Paul. Now, I find this to be hilarious because like I said in the beginning, nobody, nobody has brought this up yet, okay? Nobody's brought this up yet. SummerSlam is basically night three of WrestleMania. That's exactly what you're getting. Logan Paul and The Miz, they were wrestling the Mysterios at WrestleMania. Logan Paul and The Miz are going to be doing something else at SummerSlam together. The vibe that I got here is that 
they're not going after the tag team titles. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I do think, and I'm predicting this, this is not confirmed, but I do think that this is the right way to go. This is heading in the right direction if you do exactly what I'm telling you. The Usos beat the Street Profits at Money in the Bank, and then we get the Usos defending the tag team titles against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at SummerSlam. Because Sami Zayn is eventually going to be betrayed by the Usos. He was never a part of the bloodline anyway. They're going to get rid of him. They're going to fucking call him out and, you know, take back his official Us status, and then Kevin Owens is going to get involved, and I think they are going to go and win the tag team championships. That's what I think is the plan for SummerSlam. If that is the case, then that's great. And we'll probably get fucking singles matches up and down the SummerSlam build between Zayn and Jey Uso and Kevin Owens and Jimmy Uso and Sami Zayn and Jimmy Uso and Kevin Owens and Jey Uso. It's going to be fucking ridiculous. But that's the direction I see that going in. And I'm okay with that tag team match taking place at SummerSlam. So the tag team title situation here with The Miz and Logan Paul, that, that's not happening. That's not happening. Miz is a bullshit artist. Miz is a heel he stated that he and Logan talked and Logan understood. No. Miz is a liar. He is a heel. He is supposed to bullshit you. This is leading towards a singles match between Logan Paul and The Miz. And Logan Paul is very good. He's a very good athlete. He was very good at WrestleMania. And to get him in the ring with somebody like Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania and him excel, I honestly would like to see him do something a little bit more than just working The Miz. But The Miz is being known for being boring, safe, not getting injured, and he's the type of guy that WWE can rely on and get a safe and entertaining match out of Logan Paul while also getting heat on himself where Logan Paul looks like a babyface, and in this case, I don't know if that's going to work or not, but that's the mentality that WWE is thinking. How do we get this guy over to the next level here at SummerSlam? Let's put him with The Miz. He'll be protected. He'll be working safe. Nothing's going to happen there. we got to protect his, uh, his, his investment there, his, uh, his celebrity, and they're going to work him with The Miz. Now, I said this before. This will be the third time I said it. WWE is basically building SummerSlam as the unofficial night three of WrestleMania. They're doing exactly what they did for WrestleMania at SummerSlam, and they're disguising it as SummerSlam or <coughs> Summer Scam. The T-shirt never made more sense than it does this year. It's pathetic. It is pathetic how WWE is building SummerSlam this year. It is awful. So I think this is leading towards a one-on-one match and not a tag team match because I think the money is in Logan Paul wrestling for himself and not with The Miz. Why would he want a team with The Miz after he got attacked? I guess WWE is trying their hand at long-term booking. I doubt this is going to be interesting at all. AJ Styles and The Miz. This was a one-on-one match. I don't know if this is just a one-off match or if this is going to lead to a, a more involved feud. Maybe we get AJ and a tag team partner versus Miz and Logan Paul at SummerSlam. That's the other thing that I thought of, but who does AJ Styles team with? I don't know. I don't know. Who would you even contemplate teaming with AJ Styles against Logan Paul and The Miz? And if that's the case, then they really are booking SummerSlam like the unofficial night three of WrestleMania. AJ Styles wins by count out. I can't, I can't watch Miz matches. I can't. I think the Miz is fucking boring. Miz is one of those guys that, you know, I was a fan of the Miz. I was. I thought some of his runs were tremendous. His intercontinental title run in 2016 was fucking great. 
The body of work he did in 2017 was great. I can't, I can't watch The Miz wrestle anymore. I can't watch The Miz wrestle and be entertained by anything he does. He's a great promo. He was always a great promo. But when he gets in the ring, I can't be bothered to care enough to pay attention to what he's doing. I can't. And on top of that, he just sucks as a pro wrestler. At this stage of the game, the last thing I want to see The Miz do is pro wrestling. Seriously. You got LA Knight. You got, you got Max Dupree fucking managing two unknown guys on SmackDown. Meanwhile, he is an accomplished pro wrestler that was great in his role in NXT, and you got him being a mouthpiece for two fucking people we don't even know exist. Meanwhile, that's the role that The Miz should be in. The Miz should be in the role of Max Dupree, LA Knight, and LA Knight should be on the roster wrestling. That's what I think should be. Miz should not be wrestling anymore. He shouldn't be teasing money in the bank cash-ins. He shouldn't be teasing money in the bank qualifiers. He shouldn't be teasing championships anymore. We are in a day and age where The Miz, if you go and give The Miz any sort of fucking role as a top guy on a show, it automatically becomes channel-changing garbage. That's what The Miz does to people. He sucks. At this point, he's nothing more than a cosplay pro wrestler. I don't want to see him wrestle Styles. This is beneath Styles. Styles should be in Money in the Bank. And here we are feuding Styles with the fucking Miz. So, we got Miz here. He is wrestling Styles. This match went 10 minutes. There's nothing overly special about this shit. Miz took control before the commercial break after dropping Styles on the apron and driving him into the barricade. Miz used the DDT, followed by some it kicks. He slowed the match down with, guess what, a chin lock. The Miz slowed the match down with AJ Styles with a fucking chin lock. Go figure. DDT, it kicks, chin lock. Styles blocked the last it kick. Hit a German suplex. Styles used strikes in a face buster, followed with a fireman's carry neck breaker for a near fall. Styles hit a uh, middle rope move. Miz brought him down with a code breaker. Miz kicked Styles' leg out from underneath him, hit a series of kicks, and then he tried Brian Danielson's running Busaiko knee, which he fucked up. It looked sloppy. I don't know, Br- Brian, he, he executes these moves so flawlessly, and here we are having the Miz do Brian's moves, and he can't even fucking do it correctly. So why even bother? He can't kick hard enough. He can't hit with the intensity that Brian does. He's trying to psycho knee. It comes off looking sloppy. He looks like an amateur out there. So he tries for the big knee, and he hits the big knee. He goes for a cover, gets a two count. Styles counter the skull-crushing finale into a cradle, Followed up with a brain buster, set up for the phenomenal forearm. Miz rolls out of the ring, leaves the ringside area, and walks to the back. And AJ Styles wins by countout. So we get a long-winded promo by The Miz talking about Logan Paul, setting up a match with AJ Styles. The match goes over 10 minutes, and then we get a countout. Is that, what I, is that what I see here, Vince and Bruce? You give us a Miz promo talking about Logan Paul and SummerSlam to lead to an AJ Styles attack on The Miz, which leads to a match that goes 10 minutes plus, and then we get a fucking countout. Thank you for wasting our fucking time. How anybody puts up with this shit is beyond me. 
What a waste of my fucking time. You're going to waste my time like that. At least give me a fucking winner. Ridiculous. Ezekiel. He introduced himself to John Cena. So we don't got Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel or Kevin Owens versus Elias, but we got Elias slash Ezekiel doing a segment backstage with John Cena. Cena asked if Elias is around. Ezekiel said he is. He is. But he's showing the younger talents who Elrod is. He's showing Elrod around. It's great. Who the fuck is Elrod and where is Elrod and what Elrod looks like? I don't know. But Elrod apparently was backstage. The younger brother of Elias and Ezekiel. Cena says that makes sense. Ezekiel then asks for advice. Cena told him to never forget who he really is. Theory walked up from behind Cena. He said he would introduce himself, but he knows uh, who he is. Everyone knows who he is, in fact. He says he should be the one being celebrated, not John Cena. He said Cena is so out of touch, whereas he is 24 and Vince McMahon's protege. Handpicked protege. He asked how many title reigns Cena had at the age of 24. He said Cena is a grown-ass man still wearing jorts. Cena walked off before Theory could take a selfie of him, and that's the way the segment went off the air. So Theory was angry. Theory was making mad facial expressions. And John Cena walked away, and that was pretty much it. It is a tease. Not a tease that I really care for. Not a match I really care for, but more than likely we're getting it at SummerSlam and Cena will be involved in SummerSlam because, again, you guessed it, folks. They got to sell tickets to Nissan Stadium and WWE can't do that without bringing back every single fucking ace up their sleeve to help sell them Nissan, uh, to help sell them uh, out, Nissan Stadium. It's ridiculous. We got more sound bites on John Cena. Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is such a wizard that he made himself appear on Monday Night Raw. I am shocked, man. The wizardry of Chris Jericho is astounding. It's amazing, man. It's a work of art. The greatest wizard known to all mankind is Chris Jericho. Randy Orton was there, JBL, Stephanie McMahon, and Steve Austin. Cheers to John Cena. Jericho got a nice pop. Austin took a swig of a beer because he's got that American uh, ale that he's got there with broken skulls. Uh, El Segundo. And he gave everybody uh, an oh, hell yeah. So we move on from that to Bianca Belair in the middle of the ring. He's cutting a promo. And Kevin Patrick is there. He's all over the place tonight, Kevin Patrick. Asked what's going through her mind as she prepares to face Carmella on Saturday night at Money in the Bank. Belair says she wishes Carmella was out here Because unlike Carmella, everything she says, she wants to say to Carmella's face. She said, you'd think Carmella would have the confidence to face her and not cheap shot her from behind. She said, some things never change, and Carmella thinks she has to resort to cheating. She said, as a result, no one respects Carmella. She then said, Carmella better bring it on Saturday, whatever the fuck it is. Carmella doesn't have it. And she better bring it because she craves competition. She said, Carmella is welcome to come out because why wait until Vegas? Carmella did march out and she had a microphone and said, she isn't insecure at all. She's got it all. She's got beauty and she's got brains. She also said her resume does speak for itself. 
She touted her Money in the Bank wins, not one but twice, and the title wins that she had, tag team champion, women's champion. Carmella began leaving the ring, and Belair continued her promo with Kevin Patrick asking questions. Carmella then tried to sneak into the ring and tried to jump Belair from behind, but Belair caught her and punched her in the face. Carmella then rolled out of the ring, and Belair danced as the music closed the segment. I'm sorry, was this supposed to get me interested in a women's championship match on Saturday at Money in the Bank for the Raw, ta- for the Raw women's title? Was this supposed to get me excited? Because I'm not feeling it right now. This match is simply made because they need something on the fucking show. Carmella is nothing more than a mini road bump on SummerSlam's road for Bianca Belair. That's it. And when Becky Lynch wins Money in the Bank, she more than likely will be cashing in on Bianca Belair and winning back that Raw Women's Championship because WWE is so afraid to try something, someone new. This shit sucks. This women's title match is absolutely as meaningless as meaningless could be. Nobody cares. I trust you. Nobody cares. Sarah Schreiber. She interviewed Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan. They were backstage. We go from I don't care to I really don't give a shit. She was asked about money in the bank. Both of them were. Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan talk money in the bank. Bliss says she likes Liv, but she doesn't trust anyone. She said she'll be a champion someday, but not on Saturday. Liv said she's right, that she will be champ one day, and that they are not friends. Liv said she's knocking her off the ladder and climbing her way up the ladder to grab the contract that could change her life forever. <laughs> Liv Morgan winning money in the bank, man. I still got people telling me Liv Morgan's going to win money in the bank. <laughs> You guys are some fucking comedians, man. I'm fucking half asleep and I'm exhausted right now. But man, you guys are fucking comedians. She ain't winning shit. She ain't winning shit. Fuck out of here, man. She'd be lucky if she gets a fucking briefcase handle. Never mind a fucking briefcase and a contract in it. You Are you serious? Give me a break, man. That match is Becky Lynch and Becky Lynch only. You'd be lucky if Liv Morgan even climbs a fucking ladder on Saturday night. Holy shit. I never seen so many fucking delusional people in the IWC, man. You guys are fucking crazy. You guys are absolutely fucking out of your mind, man. She says, Alexa, my time is now. My time is now, she says. Alexa told her to bring it. Liv says she'll beat her tonight, too. Alexa said, no. Liv said, watch me. Bliss said that she had Lily the doll boop Liv. Or she had uh, Lily the doll boop her on the nose, like Chris Statlander used to do with the alien gimmick. Boop, right on the nose. She had the doll do it. More than Lily the fucking doll. Olive uh, then booped Alexa back, and Alexa claimed that she was going to get uh, a Money in the Bank briefcase sewn on Lily the doll because she's going to win Money in the Bank. No. No, you will not. Oscar joined on commentary. Why? I don't know. Uh, we got Oscar dancing out there like a fucking clown that she is, Oscar. I mean, what, what a horrible, horrible fucking presentation of Asuka. Dancing like a fucking geek is Asuka. Jeez, that's what Vince thinks of Asian women. That's what Vince thinks of Asuka. A dancing clown. This match went three minutes. All Asuka did was make childish, guttural noises 
on commentary. She made cartoon facial expressions, and that's all that she was there for, to be uh, made into a fucking fool. And we got Liv Morgan defeating Alexa Bliss in three minutes. Three minutes. They love to three-minute you to death with these women's matches. Uh, Bliss took most of the match, but Morgan caught her in a roll-up for the win. You may not like what I'm about to tell you, man. Let's ruffle some Alexa Bliss fans' feathers, man. Let's uh, let's rile up the Alexa Bliss fucking virgin brigade on social media. If Alexa Bliss wants to go out there and pro-wrestle, then I would appreciate she goes in there and starts to fucking wrestle professionally. Alexa Bliss, at this point, ever since she got married, right, all she is, all she is, she comes out looking like a little... She comes out looking like a little fucking punk rock fangirl. That's all she does. She got this new theme music. She's all fucking hyped up about her theme music. She's playing this uncharacteristic fucking cringe-like role as a babyface. She's trying so desperately to fucking smile, and it comes off unorganic, unnatural, and fake in front of the live audience. I can't stand to look at her as a babyface. I couldn't even stand to to look at her as a heel. Never mind a fucking babyface. She is awful as a babyface. Ever since she got married, that's all she wants to do, right? She wants to fucking go on tour with her rock star celebrity husband. She wants to fucking go on stage and sing songs and fucking be home and drink coffee. That's all Alexa Bliss does or wants to do. She is out there, and I say this about some of the men too, so this is not just an Alexa Bliss fucking pipe bomb, okay? I say this about some of the men too. You see it written all over their their body language and the way that they wrestle. Alexa Bliss wrestles as if she doesn't want to be there. Alexa Bliss wrestles as if she knows that she doesn't need to do anything and all she's out there to do is push the doll, sell the fucking doll online. Oh, look at me. Look at Lily the doll. Look at all the bullshit. Smile for the kitties, right? Let's sell the doll. Come out there, booping around, bopping around to the fucking new cool theme music she got, which is fucking awful, and make some money for the company. And she's got zero, zero, zero charisma as a babyface. Zero attitude as a babyface. And on top of that, she was never a good wrestler. And now you mix the zero charisma and zero energy that she has as a babyface, and you mix that with zero wrestling skills, you got yourself a big fat fucking zero when it comes to Alexa Bliss. If she doesn't want to be there, and she's going to wrestle as if she doesn't want to be there, I don't want to see her there. She does not add anything to the division. She has no value to the show, she has no value to the division, and she has no value to anything she's doing. So if she doesn't want to wrestle and she wants to be home and on on tour with fucking Ryan Cabrera, go. Go. We don't need you here. We don't want you here, we don't need you. Because it's written all over your body line. Three fucking minutes? Three minutes. And you wrestled as if you didn't give a single iota of a fuck on Monday night. Get out. Get out. I don't do anything for for just the paycheck, and neither should these fucking professionals. You don't want to be there? Then leave. Wrestle like you fucking care. It's written all over your fucking work, and it sucks. John Cena. John Cena. John Cena cut his promo. They saved him for the 10 o'clock hour. He comes out, got a big ovation. Vince McMahon came out before this. Of course he did. And his ring entrance as last chance or no chance in hell played. 
It showed fans standing, gra- uh, gasping, oh my God, Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon, jumping excitedly for Vince McMahon. The fucking uh, investigation looms over Vince McMahon. More fucking people investigating Vince. More way up to like 12, 12 separate investigations for Vince McMahon. Yes, Vince McMahon, please. Can I suck your cock, Vince, please? So we got Vince McMahon out there. He is leading John Cena to the ring. Cena's 20 years of celebration. McMahon stood in the ring as his music faded. The roster of wrestlers formed two lines in the aisleway. So we got all of the VIP and catering standing out there. There was no legit big superstar out there waiting for John Cena. It was all the fucking catering VIPs out there. So John Cena walks past everybody and... They have John Cena introduced by Vince McMahon. Out comes Cena. Cena enters the ring. McMahon was already at ringside. He actually uh, got out of Dodge way here, and we got Cena in the ring. So he's out there, and he pointed to a fan that had a 20 years of jorts sign. He said a fan looked to be six years old, which means he's been out of touch 14 years longer than that kid has been alive. Cena said tonight, it isn't about him, it's about the fans. He says they were always brave enough to tell him when he sucks and created an environment for himself to be himself. He says they've been kind enough to tell him when he didn't suck too. So fans began chanting Cena and Cena, Cena, Cena. He went out for a while. Uh, He went on for a while, rather, about everything the fans taught him. He got emotional, it looked like, and sounded like he was going to cry. You shower us with everything you've got more Cena chants in Laredo, Texas. He said, this is about people coming together. And there's that word, together. He says he's 45 years old. He then shh the crowd and said he only brings it up because he doesn't know when they'll see him in the ring again. He said, he's not saying it. It will be his last match. Um, he's saying he's not sure when the next match will be. He said, anything he does outside of WWE, it's not about him. It's always about we. There's that together narrative again. He said, going forward, if you see something that's good, say it. We always do. You don't got to worry about that. If you see something that sucks, say it. You don't got to worry about that. We'll be here to do that. He says, this has always been about us. Again, that together narrative. He encouraged fans to cheer. He said, Laredo, let's hear you guys since everybody all around the world is watching us tonight. They got loud. He says, if you want some, come get some. He threw the mic down. He shook some hands around ringside and he took off his his, uh, sweatbands and threw them into the crowd. He took off his shirt, threw it into the crowd, took off his hat, threw it into the crowd. And it looked like he was about to be attacked from behind because this is what usually happens in these situations. It looked like he was about to get attacked and nothing happened. All of a sudden, we start hearing a whistling. And I guess it was the producer or or the cameraman whistling for Cena to come back because he was about to walk through the curtain. I legitimately thought he was being teased with, come on back, come on back, and then someone was going to attack him. All, all it was was the, the producer or the cameraman whistling for him to come back and get one last shot, and he said, thank you in front of the hard cam, and that was it. He went away. Nothing more, nothing less. The Sean Cena celebration was something we already knew. He was there. WWE wanted to sell tickets. They wanted to sell ratings. 
John Cena shows up. He cuts a fucking 10-minute promo about together because Vince McMahon says that we're in this together because he's being investigated. They push the narrative of together all night. Great. John Cena didn't do anything overly interesting or exciting on this show. They did tease an Austin Theory potential match, but then Cena comes out and says, well, I'm going to wrestle, but I don't know when that will be. It's not going to be my last, but I don't know when you'll see me next in the ring. But we're in this together, and we're going to find out together. He's going to be wrestling Austin Theory at SummerSlam. John Cena was not brought back to TV one week before Money in the Bank, one week before the full SummerSlam build begins, to not be included on SummerSlam. He will be at SummerSlam. It will be against Austin Theory. Do I like that match? No, I don't. I don't. I don't know how well this is going to be for Austin Theory because I always say this about everything. It's always the most important thing in everything that WWE does is in the follow-up. What's next for Austin Theory when he beats John Cena? Does he go back to beating Ali? Does he go back to beating Jobbers? You can't have him beat John Cena and then not propel him higher than John Cena. So what the fuck are you doing with Austin Theory? Is he going to feud with Champa? Who is he going to feud with? T-Bar? It's always in the follow-up. Nobody seems to understand that. That's why I would rather have John Cena do something a little bit more important. I'd actually have John Cena, depending on his schedule, I don't know what his schedule is, being that he was teasing, well, I don't know when you're going to see me. So clearly his schedule is going to be fucking chock full of shit. If his schedule was available, I'd have him win the United States Championship. That's what I would do. And I pitched this idea weeks ago. Have him win the United States Championship and have people come up from NXT and challenge him in open challenges for a month. Get a month out of him. And then have him lose the United States Championship to somebody that you deem the next big thing in WWE and have him go on his way until you need him again. Doesn't gonna be long. Doesn't gonna be a month, two months, three months, four months. Have it a couple weeks, three weeks, four weeks. That's depending on his schedule, though. I'm not interested in this Austin Theory John Cena match. I'm not. I'm not. So we'll see what happens. But John Cena really didn't do much of anything. It was nothing more than a a big uh, together in this together promo. I don't care. Bobby Lashley versus Chad Gable and Otis. If you're asking yourself, well, J.D., didn't we get this match last week? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. The only difference this time is WWE needs to fill TV time, and they decided to do this match again after Bobby Lashley beat these guys last week to get the United States Championship match, so they figured they'd do it again. Now, this time with Austin Theory as the special enforcer. Wow, what a, what a, what a stark difference that is, Vince. Wow, you fucking got me. That went right over my head. Holy shit. What a waste of fucking time. Lashley wins via tap out here. The most impressive thing about this match is that Bobby Lashley had Otis in an electric chair and dropped him on the mat. It looked fucking great. It went eight minutes. Theory distracted, which allowed Chad Gable and Otis to take control. After a break, Otis powerbombed Lashley and Gable followed with a beautiful moonsault for two. Otis went for the Vader bomb, but Lashley got underneath him and hit... An electric chair drop, which popped the crowd big, and it made a beautiful sound in the ring. Looked great. Gable tried something off the top rope, but Lashley caught him in the hurt lock, and he tapped out for the one, two, three. Goodbye. Bobby Lashley wins. Uh, He beat Alpha Academy again. What's with the disrespect to Chad Gable and Otis? Chad Gable was doing the best work of his career in WWE, and now he's back to nothing. 
Now he's back to jobbing to one guy, and Alpha Academy is not even in discussion for anything, and they are a, com- they are a competent team. They are. The disrespect here is fucking crazy. Seriously, I don't know how you can't like Chad Gable and Otis as a tag team. I think they're great, and they need tag teams. And then you got these two guys not doing much of anything, and you opt to use them as a fucking jobber team to get Bobby Lashley over in a fucking match he already has because he beat these guys last week. Ridiculous. Yet people wonder why I complain. Theory after the match immediately attacked Lashley. All three of these guys put the boots, Gable, Otis, and Theory put the boots to Lashley. Theory was trying to take a selfie. Lashley booted him into the turnbuckle. I thought John Cena was going to come out and save the day here. We didn't see anything about John Cena in this. We didn't see any Austin Theory come out in the John Cena promo. So John Cena was there just to cut a together promo, and we didn't see him again outside of the backstage segment he did at the end of the show with Seth Rollins. But Lashley booted him into the turnbuckle, and Lashley gave Otis a flatliner and speared Gable. Lashley was uh, about to spear Theory, but he bailed just in time and ran through the crowd. Cody Rhodes, WWE, is going to let you know that Cody Rhodes and what he did was monumental at Hell in a Cell. This was three weeks ago. They are still hyping up Cody Rhodes. They don't want you to forget about Cody Rhodes now. Don't you go forget about Cody Rhodes, the roadster, right? They want you to know who Cody Rhodes is. I love Cody Rhodes, man. I think Cody Rhodes is great, but I don't think Cody Rhodes should be used as a fucking money-in-the-bank spokesperson. Sounds like a cheap car salesman trying to sell me on money in the bank. Listen, I love Cody Rhodes, but I don't want to hear this fucking... I don't want to hear him shilling himself for Omos. It's not a good look for Cody Rhodes. So, Cody was interviewed at the gym. He looks great. He doesn't even look like he had surgery. He looks fantastic. He's going through rehabilitation. They say he's going to be kept out of action for nine months because of the kendo stick shots and the sledgehammer fucking digging into his chest. Yes, I'm supposed to believe that when everybody told me that there was no more damage to be done because he fully tore the the fucking pectoral muscle. No, but he's going to be out an extra nine months because of him re-injuring and making the injury worse when I was told he couldn't make it worse, which is why he wrestled that hell in a cell. Guy will be back in December, ready for the Royal Rumble. He was interviewed at a gym. It was Cody Rhodes. He says he was at the peak of his career. Bro, this ain't AEW. I'm sorry. He was at the peak of his career just a few weeks ago, and he had so much momentum. He says he was flying high and wished he could parlay that all into a Money in the Bank win. He said doctors are telling him nine months is the recovery time. He says he's trying to respect that, though he won't. That's WWE's little uh, little seed there that he's not going to be staying out the full nine months. He touted the participants in the match. He said Sheamus and Drew McIntyre have this Harley race toughness. I agree. I think Sheamus is fantastic. I think Drew McIntyre is fantastic in his own right. Kind of boring, but he is fantastic in his own right. I love Drew McIntyre. He said Sami Zayn is one of those people that has the genius level IQ an in-ring performer should have. He says he's not rooting for everyone. Omos is in there. He's the Nigerian giant. He's seven foot three. He could touch the briefcase without even using the ladder, says Cody Rhodes. Great. We got Cody Rhodes trying to sell me on fucking 
Omas. Never in my wildest dreams would I see Cody Rhodes shilling me. Omas! I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. God forbid Omas wins the money in back. Can you imagine? Holy shit. Seth Rollins. But if Seth Rollins wins, he will be the first to congratulate him. So we may end up seeing Cody Rhodes at Money in the Bank because Seth Rollins is going to win Money in the Bank. I don't know. Maybe Cody, what he said last week, or not last week, uh, four weeks ago, maybe what he said four weeks ago about him wanting to win Money in the Bank after he wrestled at Hell in a Cell that first night on Monday Night Raw, maybe he will be at Money in the Bank. And what he said then was looked at as ridiculous. It may actually end up being true. He might not wrestle at Money in the Bank, but he will be there. Maybe that's what he's saying. I don't know. He then got up and excused himself. Sounded like a little foreshadowing to me. I guess we'll find out on Saturday night. Cena. He was backstage chatting with some geek off to the side. Seth walked up to him. He was laughing in the tone and in the rhythm of John Cena's theme music. I would do it, but uh, I don't want to embarrass myself. Seth asked Cena if he remembers the time he broke his face with his knee into a million tiny pieces. What was that, back in 2015? 2016, right? It was that, uh, it was that United States Championship match, everything on the line there, world title and U.S. title match together at SummerSlam. And he was making fun that he broke his face into a million pieces. He told him he gave a great speech. You're the best, he said. You're the best. He says they had a lot of ups and downs over the years. Cena looked at him like he was very weird. Very weird. Seth says they have a lot in common. He says they're both international megastars and fashion icons. Plus former Money in the Bank contract winners. Seth said history will repeat itself for him on Saturday. In walks Omas and MVP. I already did one Omas impression for you guys. Don't get greedy. Seth looked up at Omas because he's, you know, very tall. And they filmed from below because they have to make Omas seem like a fucking skyscraper. It's a new thing in WWE. MVP asked if he was done. He told Seth he has a vision of the Nigerian giant raising the briefcase to the heavens. That doesn't sound like a vision, MVP. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Nobody wants to see that. You may be the only person that genuinely wants to see that. I genuinely feel bad for MVP trying to get this guy over, and nothing, and nothing he says seems to be working. He says, it's a foregone conclusion. Omas will win, and nobody can stop him, not even Seth Rollins. Seth then patted, uh, or Cena rather, patted Seth on the back and wished him luck. Goodbye. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Shayna Baszler. Doe drop. Nikki <coughs> TR. A-S-H. Zia Lee and Tamina. This was an elimination match for the final spot in the women's money in the bank ladder match. Becky Lynch was the only woman here who got a televised entrance. Everybody else, they were introduced during a commercial break. Zia Lee was the last one. We heard her theme music. She was already in the ring. Ding, 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 and the match begins. Lynch first eliminated Zia Lee within like 90 seconds with a manhandle slam. Thanks for coming, Zia Lee. I'd actually tell you that John Laurinaitis, people, people power. 
is going to give you the phone call. But apparently, according to sources, John Laurinaitis' company phone was actually turned off and returned back to the company. So I don't know who's going to be calling you, but you may be future endeavored by the new head of talent relations, Bruce Bridget. So that's what's going to happen to Xylee. So you're going to get the phone call from Bruce and not people power because his phone got turned off by Vince McMahon. So Xylee was eliminated with a manhandle slam. Uh, 90 seconds with that. Two minutes later, Lynch eliminated uh, Nikki <laughs> TR uh, ASH. She got eliminated. So uh, we got Xylee and Nikki Trash eliminated. Two losers gone. Goodbye. And Lynch goes and attacks Shayna Baszler. She throws Shayna Baszler into the barricade before Doedrop ran over and took out both Lynch and Tamina. They did a big Tower of Doom spot here, like they always do in the Money in the... Uh, well, not the Money in the Bank. It'll probably happen in the Money in the Bank, too, but they always do this big Tower of Doom spot in these multi-person matches. So that's what they did here with Doedrop powerbombing Lynch, Tamina, and Baszler off the ropes. Uh, Doedrop... Uh, did not, I, I don't know what happened here, but it looked like Tamina took a nastier spill than everybody else. She landed right on her shoulder blades coming off of this uh, Tower of Doom spot here by Doedrop and the rest of the ladies. Baszler had Tamina in a leg lock, but Doedrop splashed Baszler for the pinfall. So she squashed Shayna Baszler. Goodbye, Shayna. Uh, Doedrop also eliminated Tamina with a beautiful-looking uh, elbow off the second rope. I thought it was going to be a Vader bomb, and it looked like a Vader bomb into an elbow drop. Uh, same thing that Raquel... Uh, <laughs> uh, Rodriguez Gonzalez does. You know, that twisting elbow off the fucking second rope. You guys know. I'm sure you love Raquel. <laughs> you know, uh, Doe drop eliminates me with this elbow drop off the second rope. So now we're down to Lynch and Doe drop. Uh, Lynch avoided a Vader bomb before Doe drop uh, had a situation where she went up top. She placed Becky Lynch on the top rope. She climbed up to the second rope without any hesitation. Becky Lynch does a manhandle slam off the second turnbuckle down and pins Doe Drop, one, two, three, for the win, and qualifies for the women's money in the bank. This one uh, really came down to the last couple of seconds here. I heard uh, Becky Lynch audibly say, let's go home, let's go home. Referee was given time cues for the last two minutes because this shit was going a little bit too long, man. So you heard a lot of shit uh, in this match towards the end, but Becky Lynch got the ending uh, she wanted, and she gets the money in the bank qualifier for herself, and she's in the ladder match, which she more than likely will win on Saturday night. It's going to be her and Seth Rollins. They're featured on the poster. There's no doubt about it that Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins will be uh, king and queen, money in the bank this year for WWE. I don't know how I gave you guys a near two-hour review, man. I swear to God. I don't know where I get these second wins from, man. It comes from the fucking wrestling heavens, the gods. Because they know what I'm about to drop on you is sheer knowledge. And they would never deny you the knowledge that I am spreading to the entire community. It's Topo Chico, man. It's pretty good. It's not like with death, but it's pretty good. And I appreciate the glass bottle, man. It's a nice. I love beverages in a glass bottle. I do. Anyway, thank you guys for all of your support. I appreciate y'all. I could get used to uh, Monday Night Raw ending at 10 o'clock. Not to say I want to live in Chicago or the Midwest, but 
I mean, I could get used to Monday Night Raw being at 10 o'clock ending. I like it. Anyway. I appreciate you guys, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Listen, man, hit that thumbs up. I see 884 likes in the live stream chat right now. We need 1,000 minimum. Should be easy to get. What the fuck's wrong with you? Did I not give you guys an entertaining review? Did I not drop knowledge on you today? Even my in, even in my exhausted state of mind right now? Hit that thumbs up, man. Let's try for 1,000 minimum. Also, get those Super Chats in. It's last call. We're going to go over those Super Chats in just a sec. Go check out the Forbidden Door post show. Live earlier today. Go check that out on the homepage. Anything else that you might have missed from this weekend on the homepage. Continue to hit that join button. We got five new members tonight, man. Five new members. We had six earlier. It's incredible. Thank you guys very much. Sponsor for today's show, man, Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash off the script. Go get yourself John Moxley's new autobiography now in audio form, narrated by Moxley himself, all nine hours. Or anything else that you want on there, man. They got over 250,000 choices to choose from, a lot of which are wrestling-related. So go check that out. You get to browse their service for 30 days and get one free audio book on the house. It's great. Free shit is always good, man. Free shit is always good. Let's get into the Super Chats. Uh, let's start at the top. Who do we got here, man? I may have to refresh this because uh, I'm working on my laptop. It's a little difficult working on one laptop screen when at home I got two fucking beautiful curved monitors to work off work off of. Um, what do we got here? What do we got here in the chat, in the venue over here? Hold on a second. We got... Uh, Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Way too much, Cena. Tease WrestleMania Part 3. This show sucks. Well, it's John Cena's 20th birthday, Michelle. Why would you expect little John Cena? Tony Brown with three Super Chats, Tony Brown. Oh, my goodness, man. I also love that gap, JD. Tony Brown, I have, I have no idea what you're talking about, brother. What gap? What, what, what gap are we talking about? Thunder Rose was at the post-show scrum, Tony Brown. You should have been there. You should have been there. Um, he also says, J.D., I love Chinese food, too. Zia Lee and Mela as well. Jesse's going to call me a hipster, but uh, I don't eat regular Chinese food at a, at a regular Chinese joint, man. I find it to be fucking utterly disgusting. I won't eat any Chinese food unless it's at a high-end restaurant and it's like Asian fusion mix. With something. Yes, I know. I'm getting I'm very I'm getting very particular in my old age, man. Sue me. Tell Jesse I'm coming. Tony Brown, that doesn't sound PG, bro. We love you. I may have to get some booty meat emojis like Jesse. I don't know what a booty meat emoji would look like, but we'll figure it out. Ali! With a 499 Super Chat. Hey, JD, my question is, who do you think will be the final superstar of the men's Money in the Bank ladder match? Ali. I legitimately talked about this in the show tonight. And I mentioned who I think it will be at the end of the battle royal. 
Thank you for your 499. Johnny Angel. JD, do you remember Phil Hartman was wondering if you were ever a fan of his or Saturday Night Live? Saturday Night Live sucks. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live since Chris Farley was on Saturday Night Live. And Phil Hartman, yes. I thought Phil Hartman was a funny dude. He was actually on one of my other favorite shows, uh, a couple of cameos here and there, Third Rock from the Sun. I seen him legitimately. I watched a couple of episodes on Peacock of Third Rock of the Sun, and Phil Hartman was actually in an episode. I'm like, oh, shit, I remember him. Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. Where was Kevin Owens? I did not see him raw socks. Uh, Kevin Owens was in catering. Apparently, uh, Titus made today, I believe it was key lime pie. Yes, he was in catering. He said it was delicious. My sources say at jdselect.com that Kevin Owens thoroughly enjoyed the key lime pie. Dana Brooke wanted blueberry. But Titus said Key Lime is today's choice. The Craig becomes a new member. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking tonight? I hope I hope it's not Topo Chico, and I hope that yours is alcoholic. Drizzy Drew with a $4.99 Super Chat. So TK put on a banger show yesterday, yet the old heads want to make a big deal of how he hugged Claudio yesterday. Guess the business is still carny. Bro, the business is full of old hag degenerates who are clinging on to any sort of relevancy on hating AEW. Meanwhile, podcasts and channels like mine are thriving because of the truth that they spew between both Raw, SmackDown, and AEW. We don't have any favoritism towards anything. We call it out when it sucks, and we say it's good when it's good. It's exactly what we do every single week. If you don't think so... You're uh, creating this narrative in your head that just isn't there. JP5150 with a $10 super chat. So another episode of Monday Night Raw failure continues. By the way, bro, to answer your question from the super chat in the earlier stream, Jimmy Crack Corn is what I call Jim Cornette, LOL. Hashtag OTS, hashtag truth nukes. I thought, JP, I thought it was another fucking YouTuber that was uh, starting shit. Now I get it. Now I understand. Thank you. The Craig with a $10 super chat. This guy becomes a member and then he wants to donate $10. Man, I love you, man. Thank you so much. What are you drinking? I just want to say thank you, JD, for all that you do. You definitely keep wrestling interesting, especially after crap shows like tonight. God bless and stay safe. Thank you, brother. Omega Kong with a six-month membership. Omega Kong, thank you, brother. Just want to say congratulations on your success from this game-changing weekend. Here's to more success. OTS is the only thing that matters. Cheers. You know, I I, I talk I talk to uh, people that I'm close with, and I go to these shows. Hey, you know, I'm not for everybody. You know, I'm not for everybody. I know I've uh, ruffled a feather or four in the community. But I see these people at the shows, in the media, 
And I know that they know who I am. And none of them, none of them say anything to me. I sat at the show all by myself and said nothing to anybody. It's the, it's the worst part. It's the worst part of the experience. The fact that nobody will even say, hey, man, what's up? They truly think, they, they tr- it's, it's funny, they truly think what I am here is what I am in person. No handshake. Hey, man, I don't like you, but I respect the grind. Nothing, nothing. Not a fucking peep. I mean, I could do it, but I feel like I'd be lowering myself, so I don't know. Omega Con, thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Uh, we got uh, B Nation Gaming with a new membership. B Nation Gaming. What are you drinking, brother? Jedi Joker with a 14-month membership. Thank you, Jedi Joker. Cheers, OTS family. Jedi Joker, thank you, brother. 14 months. That's a long that's a long time. We had Indigo. Indigo got a gold microphone earlier, man. He's 24 months Indigo. Shout out to Indigo. I know he's here somewhere. Or if not, he'll be in the comment section when the when the stream is over. Ricardo Linnell with a $10 super chat. Watching OTS is greater than watching Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown. Vince loves serving crap sandwiches to the shills. I hate it. No complaining, geeks. Give JD a break. Even with the venue on location, OTS is still number one. Yeah, man, we were number one. 2,500 tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Ricardo. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Grizzy with a 499 Super Chat. Becky Cringe wins money in the bank, cashes in on Bianca Belair at Summer Scam. After her title defense, Becky beats Bianca in eight seconds again. I could absolutely see it happening, man. I could absolutely see it happening. We got a new membership from Blank. I appreciate you, Blank. What are you drinking, bro? Kent Foot. With a 499 Super Chat. John Cena's facial expressions towards Omos was classic. I missed it. I wasn't paying attention to John Cena, man. I was just, I was, uh, Omos is on my screen, I turn away. Or I go do something else. Patricio Paradis. I probably butchered your name, and I apologize. You may want to rescind your membership after I've just butchered your name, but thank you for becoming a new member. I appreciate you. What are you drinking? If it's not alcohol, you got to tell me. You got to tell me. Andrea West with a 499 Super Chat. Andrea leaves no message. Andrea, why are you coming to the venue and why are you being shy with a 499 Super Chat? I don't accept that. It's inexcusable. But thank you for your Super Chat. I appreciate it. Paul Van Tassel with a $5 Super Chat. Edge and Randy Orton should be the ones to induct John Cena into the WWE Hall of Fame. I would have no problem with that whatsoever. Kyle Tuck becomes a new member. Kyle, thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking tonight? JJ Brack with a 499 Super Chat. You can't even pay me 200 every Monday to watch Monday Night Raw. It's gotten so bad. 
Bro, if I didn't have this podcast, I wouldn't watch it for free. I have my $200. Andrea says, my message wasn't working. I'm sorry. Uh, no problem. For some weird-ass reason. Don't, don't worry. YouTube sucks. I know. JJ Brack, thank you so much for the $4.99, man. I appreciate you. Uh, Lena Scorpio with a uh, $2 super chat. That's why Sasha and Naomi walked out. Shit clown creative. Shit clown emoji. Furious Nation becomes a member for nine months. Thank you so much, Furious Nation. What's up, JD? Glad to be a member for seven months and counting. Forbidden Door was great last night. Seven months is a long time, brother. Thank you for the commitment to the VIP club. It's the place to be, man. And Forbidden Door was awesome, man. I'm loving the reaction from everybody. Many people said Forbidden Door was the show of the year. Tony Khan must be feeling like he's on cloud nine today, man. Good for him. Sean Watkins with an eight-month membership. This crap sucks. JD, I commend you for even reviewing this garbage. However, it's OTS for life. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it, man. Eight months is a long time. Man. Furious nine months and Sean Watkins with eight months. VIP room is filled to the max, man. Thank you, guys. Rafael De Luna with a $2 super chat. Shout out to the hardest working man in the IWC. Thank you, man. Rafael De Luna. Fiorius Nation with two $10 Super Chats. To be honest, I thought it was really great to see Chris Jericho, Big Show, and Daniel Bryan tonight on Raw talking about John Cena as well. It really shouldn't even be about WWE versus AEW anymore, if I'm being honest, bro. I agree. It's only that way because of the fucking incels online. In your opinion, which John Cena U.S. Open challenge did you enjoy the most in 2015? In my opinion, I enjoyed Cena versus Zayn, Neville, and Cesaro. Uh, the one I remember most, Furious, out of all of them, is the Cesaro and Neville match. I'd have to go back and watch the Zayn match, though I remember it being where Sami Zayn got hurt, actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the one with Neville was fantastic. And Cesaro, that one was really good, too. Christopher Valentin and Furious, thank you for the two ten dollars man. I appreciate you. Christopher Valentin with a $4.99 Super Chat. If Titus opened up an Asian fusion restaurant, would you eat there? Yes. Yes, I would. I bet the food would be tremendous. Shakoy with a $2 Super Chat. It seemed like Vince Russo has never been hugged before. Oh, is he the one that started that fucking uh, Tony Khan hugging Cesaro or Claudio as being a bad thing? Is he the one that started it? Bro, let me let me tell you something, bro. Back in my day, Vince used to be a man, bro. We don't go hugging pro wrestlers, bro. He comes off like a mark, bro. Kevin Owens, bro. Bret Hart in the Attitude Era, bro. I made him, bro. Shakur, thank you. Jedi Joke with a $5 Super Chat. Have you played Shredder's Revenge? Uh, I have. I've only gotten through uh, three three levels. I, I want to stream it, but I don't have the energy these days, man. 
Who's your favorite turtle? And can we get an Are We Live for the OGs? Uh, my favorite turtle is Michelangelo, and I can't... I don't want to deny you what you want in a $5 Super Chat, but I'll... Remind me on Wednesday, Joker. Remind me on Wednesday. I'm in an Airbnb right now where I believe there's people below me. I don't want to yell. So hope, hopefully you understand. Omega Kong with a $10 Super Chat. Now nah, the media got to recognize the real. Matter of fact, I just got a position at an FM radio station. I'll get my media pass. I'll put in my work. And next scrum, I'll be there with you. OTS for life. Thank you, Omega Kong. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, nobody said anything to me, man. They, 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 didn't even, they didn't even look in my way. They didn't even look in my direction. You know? I asked some really good fucking questions. You know, you, you, you figured some of the people would come up, hey, man. You know, I seen that J.J. Williams from fucking Wrestling Observer. He was sitting legitimately, like, right behind me. He didn't say a fucking word. You know, he's got me blocked on social media. Never even fucking interacted with him. Some of the guys from uh, Gra- Grap City, I think they're, 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 their podcast is on, on Fightful. They were there. They didn't say nothing to me. Denise, I know, was never going to say anything to me, but... And Nick Houseman, I don't want him to say anything to me. What a fucking idiot. Um, Omega Kong, thank you, brother. Uh, Brandon James Shea with a $1 super chat. No message. Put it in the tip jar. The waitress could use it, or the uh, bartender can use it. Justin Striplin with a $9.99 super chat. If Becky does win and cashes in this Saturday, then WWE will book Bianca Belair to win the title back in home state of Tennessee at SummerSlam. That booking would make Bianca's WrestleMania win mean nothing, right? Yes. I could see I could see that absolutely happen. You know? I think that's terrible, but... WWE have Bianca Belair... Lose the title to Becky at SummerSlam after Becky cashes in. I could see that, too. That was the other thing that was posed earlier. Jamal Davis with a 199 Super Chat. No message. The Quiet Storm becomes a new member. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking tonight, man? May I recommend my favorite, a Bullet Old Fashioned. Brian becomes a new member. Thank you, Brian. What are you drinking tonight in the OTS venue? I know what I'm drinking. Nothing. Going to bed. (laughs) After I pack this shit up, I'm going to sleep. Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. Also, Cesaro in AEW. It's Claudio, bro. It's uh, Claudio. Claudio in AEW. I'm not upset with whatsoever. No matter where he is, I just want him to be happy. By the way, Jurassic World Dominion was better than Lightyear. I, I don't know about that, man. I haven't watched Lightyear, but Jurassic Park Dominion, I I watched it. I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was the worst of the Jurassic World movies. Nothing ever. they Nothing they ever did even came close to the first one. Brian with a 199 Super Chat. Good to be back, man. Glad to have you here, brother. Thank you. And the Quiet Storm with a $5 Super Chat. I appreciate you, man, with a $5 Super Chat and becoming a new member. That's great. Forbidden Door was an awesome show. Thank you for the coverage of the scrum. You should get more respect in the IWC, bro. OTS for life. I won't ever get the respect that I, uh, that I feel like I deserve, man, for working my ass off. The reason why you guys love me is the same reason why everybody fucking hates me. 
That's the fucking fact. Silent One with a $5 super chat. Getting my VIP Wednesday. Can't wait for blood and guts. You're the best. JD, keep it up. PS Raw and SmackDown suck. It does. Uh, Wrestling Panther, I see you, bro. I want to see Black. I want to see Black Phone, man. That's the next movie I see. I, that, that movie looks fucking great. I may actually, I, I may actually, at some point in the next week, may go see Black Phone. I heard Ethan Hawke was great. Uh, silent one, thank you, brother. Golden Boy with a ten dollars super chat. AJD just wanted to say that me and my brother Jedi Joker have been members for a while. And know you get a lot of BS and don't hear this enough. You are appreciated in all you do, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much, Golden Boy. I appreciate that, man. I really do. Ty Sloan with a 999 Super Chat. Thoughts on the last Robin Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff that recently was made. All the turtles dead except Mikey. Shame. Do you see a or do you want to see a movie with it? Also, I think Raph is the best turtle because of his strength. Uh, Ty Sloan, I, I did not even know anything like that existed. All the turtles are dead. Why would anything like that be in existence? That sounds fucking disgusting. A love, aka Stanley, with a 499 super chat. Me and my boy Ant D Block want you to know if you and BC have beef. And I'm a new member. I don't know why. Listen, uh, uh, thank you for the membership, number one. And no, me and BC don't have beef. Unless he has beef with me, I don't know. I didn't say anything about BC. No, BC and I don't have beef. I haven't had a drink with him in a couple of years. I'd love to have a a drink with him, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, guys, uh, I'm about to get out of here, man. I am. uh, I'm done with this wrestling shit this weekend, man, really. I am. uh, I'm all over it. We're getting out of here, man. I got to get in my car and get the hell out of here. You guys know what to do, man. Give me those guitar emojis in the chat. And let me hear that music, man. I want to see it. I want to hear it on Max. Guys, thank you for a great weekend in Chicago. And I will see you all back on Wednesday. AW Dynamite, Blood and Guts, live on YouTube, live from the OTS venue. I'll see you guys later.